Welcome, welcome, welcome this first day of February. So good to see you joining us here today. Thank you for everybody that is uh, stepping in here and being a part of this. Man, we're so glad to have you on this first day of February 2022. This is episode 78. And uh, yes, I'm uh, still here and Doc is not, but man, he's so close. He called me yesterday afternoon and said, man, can you do maybe one or two more shows that he's on uh, today? He feels like he's kind of day to get reacclimated and uh, most of the coughing is out. So anyway, uh, he's, uh, he's getting there really close. Um, and uh, so thank you for all the prayers. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Uh, immense importance the way you are just means the world to us. Got a great show for you today. We're looking forward to talking about a lot of things that I want you to forget about the political prisoners that are still being held uh, from January the 6th. Uh, I'm still amazed at all of the uh, po uh, po uh, politicians that refuse to acknowledge uh, people are, are being held for uh, allegedly breaking, breaking and entering. Uh, and some people, uh, perhaps, I don't know, I hadn't, uh, hadn't seen the evidence because uh, they won't show us the 14,000 uh, hours of video. Uh, but uh, uh, some people probably did some things they shouldn't have done uh, and they need to be held accountable. Uh, but the majority of people were waved into the Capitol. Uh, but all that being said, we've had people in solitary confine confinement for 117 days. Uh, we have had people uh, without bail. Uh, yet drug dealers are running free, uh, actual terrorists are running free, uh, pe people who uh, have uh, murdered people are running are, are free on bail, and yet here are these people, because uh, one main reason, they were supporters of Donald Trump, let's just be honest, that's why they are where they are, uh, and they're not uh, out on bail until their trial, uh, so... Uh, that is uh, the bottom line. But anyway, uh, here we are, and we're just so thankful to have you. Thank you again for being here. And uh, this uh, episode, as is most of our episodes, uh, and in fact, all of our episodes are in part brought to you very largely by RedRiverYourWay.com. Uh, Red River Your Way is a great way to buy a car. Uh, if you're looking for a car and you've considered some of the others, uh, that have the car vending machines and that are all over the uh, ads about, you know, bringing the car to you. Well, Red River Your Way is exactly that. They do a phenomenal job of it, and and they are liberty-minded. Uh, they are huge supporters of Doc Washburn uh, and all of liberty. Uh, I, I know for a fact from uh, fundraisers and so forth I've been to, uh, and they are in full support of all of our uh, everybody that is doing uh, work, uh, anti-establishment uh, uh, people trying to get rid of rhinos. And uh, I was at a fundraiser last night uh, for uh, Conrad Reynolds, who is running against French uh, Hill. And uh, man, we need to replace that guy. He's, he's the one that uh, did the video with Liz Cheney talking about how wonderful she is. Uh, and we had a good turnout, uh, didn't raise quite as much money as we wanted to raise last night, but we're getting there. He's got some great things lined up uh, and uh, made a good showing last night. Actually, I was, I was pretty pleased. Uh, they, they are always, and he is, he's such an accomplished person. He's always pushing for more, but uh, he's at peace and he's working hard. A lot of good people support him. I know I supported him in the past uh, and he supported me in a huge way. 
And uh, so, I, man, I, w- I hope we can get behind people like Conrad Reynolds, get behind people like Robbie Starbuck. Uh, and I, the, I, I want to say, our, uh, I can't remember the lady's name uh, in um, uh, Wyoming that has run against Liz Cheney, uh, but uh, certainly – uh, we would think would be a, a better alternative. I've not done my research on her. I did a cursory and, and kind of a mixed bag, but uh, no doubt she'll do a better job than Liz Cheney. So, uh, but anyway, bottom line, uh, we've got a lot of good things we're going to talk about today. And uh, a big part of that is Red River Your Way. So if you're looking for a car, if you uh, live somewhere maybe where there's not a lot of uh, dealerships or maybe there's not a lot of inventory because of everything else going on right now. Uh, call Red River Your Way. They can get you a pre-owned car and get you a brand new car. You just call redriveryourway.com. They can take care of you. And uh, just go to their website. You can plug in what you're looking for. Uh, also, uh, they can, uh, you can work your own deal. You know how you used to, remember when you used to go to the car dealership and everything that you told the car dealer uh, or the salesman, he'd have to run to the manager. The manager was, up, manager was up in this booth and they played this game. Well, here you work your own deal and uh, and you can just plug in your finance and you can uh, just do it all right there. And so it's really, really uh, a great car buying experience. I've sent uh, three people to them and they're working with them right now. Uh, and that is redriveryourway.com and hope you will uh, support them and let them know that the Doc Washburn show sent you. I'm Donnie Copeland sitting in, uh, for the one and only Doc Washburn. And again, I told you, I thought he would get here midweek and, uh, still think that's possible. Uh, but it's looking more maybe like a Thursday and, um, and, uh, and if he were able to get here tomorrow, I'd, I'd be uh, just very, very pleased. Uh, but again, thank you for being here. Thank you for everybody that's joining in. Uh, we're just good, so thankful to have uh, Jane. Uh, good to have Bluebird, uh, PBG, G. Campbell. I mean, you guys have been with us the whole ride. GZ, Josh, Terry, uh, Ken, uh, uh, Zutguav, UK, UKA, Norm, uh, uh, let's see, RFY, uh, Terry, Man, uh, let's see, A-A-L-J-R, M-W-7768, Billy Harrison, D-Mac. Boy, it's good to see you guys join us here today. And uh, we're just thankful that you're here and looking forward to what's going to go on today. Now, not as beautiful a day here in the capital city. Uh, but it is, uh, it, it's, uh, it's the day that the Lord has made and we'll rejoice in it and be glad in it. You know, uh, the weather's kind of like life, isn't it? One day's, uh, good. One day's not as, as good. And one day's sunshine and the next day's clouds and one day every now and then some rain. But, uh, what's the old saying? We win some, we lose some, some get rained out. Uh, we're going to start off today with an article that was in actually, uh, Breitbart News. Uh, and it was about uh, the Red China um, debacle that's going on. Uh, it's an exclusive uh, from Breitbart News, uh, and it is. Um, uh, let me let me go here. It it, it is. Uh, it's actually taken from Peter Schweitzer's book, Red Handed. If you hadn't picked that up, uh, try to get, pick up that book, Red Handed. It's how uh, China uh, is being helped. 
uh, in uh, by really mostly ex-Republican lobbyists. Uh, and so uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit. Red-handed, 23 former senators and congressmen who lobby for Chinese military are intel link companies. Listen, uh, these are not ex um, these are not just ex-legislators, congressmen and senators, uh, U.S. congressmen and senators uh, who are lobbying for China. Okay, that's not that's not just it. They're chi- they are lobbying for Chinese companies that have military or, or military or intel-linked um, uh, ties. And so it includes former defense secretary, our House Speaker, a Senate Majority Leader, Armed Services Chairman. So you don't tell me uh, that we don't need uh, a major, major house cleaning. Now, none of these people obviously are active in the legislature or, or in the body politic uh, presently as far as a, an elected official that we know of. Well, Eric Solowell, but that's another story for another day. Uh, you know, that's the American Communist uh, uh, Party member, uh, I used to call them Democrats, who uh, was caught uh, cavorting with a Chinese spy. But uh, no, these are ex-Republican uh, congressmen uh, and senators uh, who are working for lobbying for companies. One of those includes our very own uh, Asa Hutch- uh, Hutchison's brother, uh, and uh, he also is involved uh, in doing this lobbying for uh, these, uh, I think, Alibaba is who he is, um, the massive, massive eBay of China. And uh, he's, he's uh, a lobbyist for them. And uh, so a lot of, a lot of ties here uh, that uh, all through the Republican Party. And so I think as a conservative, a lot of people don't realize this about conservatives, uh, especially Trump conservatives. They think everything that Trump says, we just go blindly after. And it's simply not true. Uh, the vaccine, man, we push back hard on uh, on uh, Donald Trump and the President Trump and the and the vaccines. The you know uh, bragging about uh, getting it done in in six months time. We were not impressed. You don't get a vaccine that normally takes ten years of trial study out in six months. I believe uh, either uh, he, you know one or two things. Uh, he was involved in uh, Pfizer and all those, and and and, and I, I don't want to believe that whatsoever. Uh, but that that is a possibility. Uh, and the other is, I think, as happens to him a lot of times, he listens to people around him, and a lot of times the people around him do not have his best interests at heart. Uh, the problem with uh, President Trump, uh, until just recently when he uh, actually got up and bragged about uh, the the, vac- the vaccines uh, and the crowd started booing, I think he, he then realized, listen, we're not sheeple, we're not just blindly following along. We like what you're saying. We like a lot of what you're doing, uh, but we're not just following along, man. You gotta, you, you gotta be doing good work. You gotta be doing it the right way. Uh, and then we'll follow you. So, uh, that is, uh, that, that is so very, very, uh, important, man. I just got a call from Lucifer. Uh, and, uh, but I'm sorry about that Lucifer. I wasn't able to answer you, man. So, uh, Anyway, uh, sorry about that, Lou. Uh, red-handed 23 former senators and congressmen who lobbied for Chinese military intel link companies and majority are Republicans. Uh, the point I was making is this, that uh, as Republicans, 
man, I tell you who, we're harder on than anybody. And it's Republicans who who claim to be Republicans, but are what we call rhinos, and they are Republicans in name only. And uh, and so, man, we're harder on that. Kind of like, you know, Jesus in Revelation 3 said, you know, I'd rather you be hot or cold. Uh, the lukewarm I spit out of my mouth. That actual, that actual word is not spit. It's, it's much more uh, graphic than that. Uh, it's, it's getting sick, to be quite honest. Uh, and so uh, that's kind of how we feel about rhinos. You know, you're not, you're, you're not an American communist. You're not on the left. Uh, you're certainly not on the right. And so uh, we're not impressed. And, uh, man, we're going to reject you at the ballot box. I don't want to be disrespectful or, or, you know, be dragging the Bible in, but I think it's a great parallel is, uh, is my point. So uh, Breitbart News uh, Center, uh, Senior uh, Contributor in Government Accountability Institute, uh, Institute President Peter Schweitzer's latest investigative expose, Red-Handed, How America Elites Get Rich Helping China. It reveals 23 former U.S. senators and congressmen have lobbied for Chinese military or intelligence-linked companies after leaving office. Many lawmakers cash in after leaving office by becoming lobbyists, and in and of itself, lobbying has its place. However, Schweitzer's book reveals that many former con- congressional leaders, committee chairmen, rank and file members are lobbying for Chinese intelligence and military-linked companies. Uh, and so uh, one of those is none other than uh, the original orange man himself, John Boehner. That's right. Uh, Boehner's advocacy for China began right after he became, uh, right as he became Speaker of the House. Replan- uh, Republicans gained a historic majority, which they did zero with. Uh, in 2011, Congress was in the midst of passing a currency manipulation bill, the Currency Exchange Oversight Reform Act to hold China accountable for keeping its currency artificially low, thus making it easier uh, to boost its exports. China subsequently hired Squire Patton Boggs, uh, one of the DC's most influ- influential law firms known as SPB, for 35000 a month to block the bill. All right, you following? SPB, this lobbying group, registered as a foreign agent of the Chinese embassy in Washington, D.C. after decades of close ties to the Chinese government. The Chinese currency manipula- manipulation bill sailed through the Senate with a 63-35 vote featuring strong bipartisan support. However, Boehner would not allow the bill to come to the House floor for a vote, even though half of the House Republican Conference and an overwhelming number of Democrats supported the bill. It's pretty. Da- it's a pretty dangerous thing to be moving legislation through U.S. Congress, forcing someone to deal with the value of currency, so said Boehner. He even argued that the bill would lead to a trade war. Uh, Schweitzer said it, was, it should be no surprise that when Boehner retired from public office in 2015, he joined guest, guest drum roll, please. He joined SPB as a strategic advisor uh, to American and foreign clients. And it goes on and on and on. Uh, uh, Tim Hutchison, uh, Rodney Frelenheisen, uh, Albert Wynn, uh, Ed Royce of California, Republican, uh, uh, Frelenhausen, Republican, New Jersey, Wynn, uh, Democrat of Maryland, uh, Senate Majority Leader uh, Trent Lott of Mississippi, John Bro, Democrat from Louisiana, Jeff Denham, a Republican of California, Bart Gordon, Democrat from Tennessee, 
Uh, Norman Coleman, Republican from Minnesota. Joe Lieberman, Democrat from Connecticut. John Christensen, Republican from Nebraska. Connie Mack, uh, the fourth, Republican from Florida. Uh, Don Bonker, Democrat from uh, Washington. Cliff Stearns, Republican from Florida. Uh, Larry, uh, Lee Terry, Republican, Republican uh, from uh, Nebraska. Uh, Jack Kingston, Republican from Georgia. David Vitter, Republican from Louisiana. To Toby Moffitt, Democrat from Connecticut. Rick Boucher, Democrat from Virginia. Barbara Boxer, Democrat from California. Uh, Charles Bustani, Republican from Louisiana. William Cohn, Republican uh, from Maryland. Uh, and on and on and on. And uh, that is uh, the problem uh, when you see uh, America first uh, not being practiced, when you see uh, people not uh, putting other people's borders ahead of uh, the priority of our borders, when you see people putting workers from other countries ahead of the workers in our own country, uh, when you are more supplied or more concerned about the supply chains of other countries than you are the supply chains of our own country. That is uh, the problem that we have. And that's why we need to get rid of uh, these rhinos. That's why we need to get rid of these people that, that do not uh, have uh, the backbone uh, to stand for America first. Uh, yes, we support Donald Trump. Uh, yes, uh, we stand behind Donald Trump as long as Donald Trump uh, supports and stands for America. We're just looking for somebody. We're looking for senators. We're looking for congressmen. Uh, we're looking for executive branch uh, leaders, uh, presidents, vice presidents. Uh, we are looking for people who will put America first. And so that is uh, the bottom line. That is what we're looking for. That's what we're hoping for. That's what we're praying for. And, uh, and, and it's not too much to ask. And uh, we see ourselves in a, in a situation here uh, in America where the, uh, the establishment uh, has not only not done, uh, as John Boehner has uh, so vividly reminded us, uh, in this report from Peter Schweitzer in uh, Red Handed, his expose uh, on China and the American elites. Uh, we, we are reminded of how not only uh, of the ineffectiveness of rhinos, the ineffectiveness of the establishment, uh, and it's like watching the same thing over and over. It's like going to the same place and being ripped off over and over, but it's the only place to go get uh, whatever it is, maybe gasoline and it's 50% water and, uh, it'll get you to the, uh, you know, to the, to work and back, but it, your car's sputtering. It's not running like it could run. We saw how the car can run when Donald Trump came in and started giving us, uh, something closer to ethanol, uh, something without any ethanol in it. He finally started giving us, uh, pure, uh, leadership and pure American first and what happened, the economy took off and great things happened. And uh, now we're back to this, you know, placating to foreign dictators and playing games with our borders and, and uh, turning a blind eye to, to, to violence and then uh, punishing people that don't agree with you. And it just doesn't work. You know, our founders were, um, 
Our, our founders had a grave concern. And the founders' grave concern was that at some point, uh, the, the nation perhaps could become uh, immoral and, um, and so immoral that men would not do the right thing for the right reason. Uh, the, the founders were not concerned about the document that they had produced, and I believe it was them and God that produced it. Uh, they were not concerned with uh, maybe there being some fundamental flaw. They knew that democracy uh, and this uh, representative republic uh, was a tender balance. But you know, the thing that they wrote uh, the most uh, concerned about was the uh, erosion of immorality and how that mean that that this form of government would only work if people were moral. This form of government would only work uh, if uh, people were upright. Uh, people couldn't stand. Uh, couldn't stare into a camera and tell a bald-faced lie. They couldn't stand on a debate stage and tell a bald-faced lie. They couldn't, uh, in a primary, talk about how conservative they are and tell bald-faced lies uh, and this uh, republic stand. Uh, they knew that it took this uh, stream or this element, uh, the, the main element of this republic is morality. And, uh, and what we have, and we've had it really over the last probably 40 or 50 years, uh, maybe 60 or 70, and we've had flashes of, of people coming in. Uh, and it wasn't always the, 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 the spotless person that came in. You know, Ronald Reagan, while he was uh, probably uh, in most ways uh, more of a uh, moral person than Donald Trump, we, we saw some highlights of what America can be. And then Donald Trump came in, even with uh, all of his spots and blemishes, and man, who doesn't have them? So who am I to cast the first stone? But here's the thing, even with uh, his past, I think uh, the end all be all was and, and is that I think presently and in the last probably 10 or 15 years, he has uh, become uh, more and more a you know a good family man and and so forth. But that's that's I, I'm, I know that's debatable for sure. But here's what I do know that even uh, this guy put in America first. We got a glimpse for four brief years of what that could be. Now the establishment couldn't stand it. Uh, they couldn't stand not being able to take money under the table. They couldn't stand it not being able to put America up for sale, to put our border up for sale. They were going crazy. The media was going crazy. The Democrats, the American Communist Party was going crazy. Uh, and he was fighting every day, not perfect by any stretch. I've covered some of that here for just a moment. But I'm going to tell you, uh, I don't think it's going to be one man that saves us. It's going to be uh, one man, one woman at a time that saves us. It's going to be a, a, a Marjorie uh, Taylor Green that saves us. It's going to be a uh, Bobert, uh, is it Lori Bobert or Lauren Bobert? It's going to be a Thomas Massey. Uh, it's going to be a Matt Gates. It's going to be these kind of people that stand for America first. 
And I know some would say, you know, some of these people and not maybe not even the ones I've mentioned uh, that, uh, you know, everybody has a stick and everybody has, you know, their little uh, idiosyncrasies of how they campaign and, you know, how bombastic they can be or whatever. But listen, uh, watch, uh, don't watch just that hand, watch the other hand and see if they're taking money from uh, special interests. See if they are a part of the machine money-wise. Uh, that's where you watch that other hand. Don't let the other hand uh, give you whatever the rhetoric is over here because French Hill and, and Liz Cheney and all these others, man, they will they'll talk conservative. Uh, French Hill will go around and talk about how strong he is. But ask him, have one, have one reporter ask him the question. Uh, and I, 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 I would challenge you uh, in these statewide races, and you're trying to figure out if somebody is conservative or Republican, especially in judicial races, uh, because uh, judicial races, they don't even give you a party. So you don't even have that first marker. Uh, but a lot of these races, whether it's a House, State House, State Senate, a governor, lieutenant governor, uh, ask uh, on the stump, ask this question, uh, Ma'am, sir, do you believe that uh, January 6th was an insurrection by a bunch of rebels? And see what they say. Ask them this question. Do you believe that the, the election of 2020 was stolen from Donald Trump? Ask them that question. That separates the men from the boys. That separate, separates the uh, girls from the women when you ask that question. And uh, because, see, uh, they want to go along. They want to be a part, and they can't be a part of the club. They can't sit at the cool kids' table if they say the election was stolen. Uh, they can't sit at the cool kids' table if they dare to say that January the 6th was a setup by the FBI. Uh, they can't, uh, you know, if, if ask them, say, do you believe that uh, Black Lives Matter is a Marxist uh, uh, organization? And, and they'll hem-haul around and go around it. And there's no denying it. Uh, do you believe that uh, we need vaccine mandates? Do you believe it's the government's business to tell us what to put in our body? Uh, we thought all along, we've been told by, the Amer told by the American communists for 60 years that your body is sacred and it's, it's your own right. Uh, and, and that's actually been my uh, argument uh, of late uh, against abortion, that your body is your own. Because here's the problem. In abortion, there's a body within a body. And so that body within the body uh, also has a right uh, to make a decision for itself. And when a child can make, not make a decision for itself, uh, then there has to be other people that come in. And so if a parent says, I think this child needs to be unhooked from life support, uh, and uh, everybody looks and says, hey, the child's going to recover. They're going to be fine. Somebody's got to step in besides the parent. So if a parent says, no, I think this fetus inside of me, this body inside of this body should be, uh, its life should be taken, somebody has to step in and say, no, that's not right. And so uh, ask those questions, and you will get uh, the clarification that you need. Uh, we're going to reset here for just a moment. Uh, we've got some good things that we're going to be talking about here and uh, looking forward to talking to you here in just a few seconds about uh, uh, just the Justin Minton Law Firm. That's just justinmintonlaw.com, one of our brand new advertisers. In fact, they are today's their first day officially with us. And man, we're excited to have 
the Justin Minton Law Firm uh, on board with us. Great people. We're going to talk a little bit more about them here in just a moment as we re as we reset. Uh, got my coffee. I didn't. I, I actually went to my office uh, and uh, and uh, and was going to bring some of that coffee I was talking about back to my home office. I didn't think about it, so I'm back on the eight o'clock coffee this morning, uh, and uh, so I'm going to take a couple of hits of this. And, uh, and then we're going to get started and we're going to start with highlighting one of our great liberty minded uh, sponsors here and uh, let you know about them. Then we're going to be talking about the tale, how you can tell that this last election and any election uh, was stolen. So we're going to give you the tale here in just a moment. Uh, just hang on and we're going to give you some good music and get come right back to you. stay gone so you could keep listening to that music. I know, I know. But uh, hey, it is what it is, right? <laughs> hey, man, so thank you so much for your patience. Thank you for giving me just a second there uh, to get a uh, kind of wet my whistle and uh, get started back. Uh, but uh, we are so thankful to have you today. We've got uh, a room full here uh, that is joining up. And man, we're just so thankful to have you. And uh, it's been it's been a wonderful time. I've enjoyed this so much. Uh, Doc hardly ever misses, and so this is really really rare for him. Uh, we hope he never has to miss another show. Um, and uh, and perhaps down the line we'll get to do this again. And I hope so. We've got some great things uh, planned for you. Great guests coming up in the uh, coming episodes. Doc's always working and looking for a great guest to bring on. He's always got great material. Uh, one of the most studious people I know, one of the most knowledgeable people, uh, got one of the brightest, has one of the brightest minds that you'll ever meet is just, uh, I tell people all the time, the guy is, 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 is genius. He just, he has that level of intellect and, uh, recall and just, uh, phenomenal with detail. And, uh, and so, can't wait to get him back here on the air. Looking forward to what we're going to do. Also, uh, Yet Your Media uh, is the uh, company that we launched, and we launched the Doc Washburn Show. Uh, but we're we're we've got a lot of good things in the hopper for you coming down the pike, and so uh, we're going to have things for you uh, when it comes to uh, different uh, areas besides politics. Uh, you know, music and all types of things that we're going to be talking about on different podcasts down the line. Uh, those are things we want to get this up and and uh, really running strong. And man, we are so thankful and we're able to do this because of 
people like Justin Minton. He's an insurance adjuster turned attorney. Uh, I love this. Uh, and you can go to Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, law.com. Justin, J-U-S-T-I-N, Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, law.com. Uh, and uh, he is an insurance adjuster turned attorney. Uh, and I love this line on his website. He doesn't adjust cases anymore. Uh, I don't adjust cases anymore. I win them. Isn't that awesome? He has this insight uh, when it comes to insurance claims, when, when uh, attorneys are battling with insurance companies. He knows how it works because he used to be on the other side of the table. Man, what a guy to have on your side. And here's the thing. Not only is he effective, not only is he done, has he done tremendous work for a lot of people, uh, that, that would be enough, but he is a great guy. He is just a cool guy to hang out with. He's, he's quiet. He's a listener, uh, and just a, a great family man, uh, just so well thought of, uh, out there in, in, in Benton and all over Arkansas. Uh, he's a man of his word. You, you're going to enjoy doing business with JustinMintonLaw.com. Uh, maybe you want to call. Uh, you can call 855, uh, the letter X, uh, adjuster. Uh, 855, uh, just the letter X, adjuster. And uh, you can get a free consultation right there. Or you can go to their website and start a chat right there and just talk to somebody. So, man, I don't really want to talk to anybody on the phone. Uh, so, uh, you say, well, I'm going to try to do this on my own. Well, hiring an attorney on average results in two to three times more money. So, man, I would call JustinMintonLaw.com or go online or call 855X-Adjuster. Whether it's an auto accident, slip or fall, bad faith insurance, maybe you got one of those cheap insurances and you think, well, you know, I, I had insurance, but they didn't pay. There's nothing I can do. Uh, go to JustinMintonLaw.com, get on the chat or call them at 855X-Adjuster, uh, JustinMintonLaw.com. Maybe it's personal injury, uh, whatever it may be, uh, but they have had uh, millions of dollars uh, that they have got, they have uh, fought for for their clients. So go to the uh, insurance adjuster turned attorney, JustinMintonLaw.com. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, uh, everybody that works there for you guys supporting the Doc Washburn Show. We're looking forward to a great uh, relationship. And uh, if you need an attorney and you're in Arkansas, go to JustinMintonLaw.com. Thank you so much for hanging here with us, man. We're growing in the in the live room, and we're just so thankful to have you. Uh, and if you got a, a observation, you got something there. Uh, let me know the kind of coffee that you're drinking. Uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm drinking eight o'clock right now. Uh, but um, you know, I, I want you to I, I want you to know that there is a tale about when a uh, election is stolen. All right. I want you to know that there is a, a way to see it. Uh, and the way that you can see the tail uh, to let you know what the American Communist uh, Party is doing is whatever they are accusing someone else uh, of doing. That right there let you, let you know. So when you hear the American Communist Party say, uh, you know, uh, the, the Republicans are trying to keep people from voting. That means they're keeping people from voting. 
the uh, Republican Party is, uh, you know, making ballots hard to, uh, you know, uh, to access. That means they are making uh, ballots hard to a- to access. William Doyle over at American Greatness. Listen, if you've not been to their website, you got to check out American Greatness. Uh, the great Julie Kelly, uh, whom is a great, who is a great uh, friend of this show, and uh, uh, Doc has had her on at least a couple of times, uh, and I know he's had her on his, his radio show as well. Uh, they stay in contact. Uh, uh, she writes for American Greatness. She's their, uh, I think, probably star over there. Uh, but uh, William Doyle has a great piece out on Democrats in 2020, wrote the book on voter suppression and election subversion. Does that sound familiar? Well, the reason that sounds familiar, and that's the tale, is because that's exactly what the Democrats uh, that's exactly what the Democrats accused Republicans of. In fact, the voting rights bill that was recently uh, died uh, for lack of support uh, and Republicans uh, killed it is because uh, that 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 is indicative. It was it was the whole thing was to allow them to do what they've been doing. And so Joe Biden is right, uh, writes William Doyle in saying that voter suppression and election subversion must be stopped. The problem for Democrats is they have seen the enemy and the enemy is in the mirror. Recently, Joe Biden tweeted this. Can you believe this? Jim Crow 2.0 is about insidious things. Voter suppression, election subversion. It's about making it harder to vote. Who gets to count the vote? Whether your vote counts at all. We have to pass the Freedom to Vote Act uh, and John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. At his recent press conference last week about voting rights, uh, Biden further dialed up his scurrilous Jim Crow 2.0 imputations when he asserted that the 2022 midterm elections would be Ill- illegitimate if federal voting legislation is not passed forbidding states from preventing many of the practices, such as lack of voter ID requirements, legal ballot harvesting that led to all of the chaos, confusion, and distrust of the 2020 election. You can always count on leftists to relentlessly relentlessly accuse you of every nefarious thing that they themselves are doing. And that is the tale right there. In order to understand what Biden is really talking about, you have to understand that voter suppression and election subversion were what Democrats themselves were up to during the 2020 election, mainly conducted under the auspice of now notorious Center for Technology and Civic Life and funded by $350 million of Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg's money. Promoting illegitimate votes suppresses legitimate votes. When the politicians want to obtain your resources but are reluctant to harm their electoral prospects by raising your taxes, then the time-honored workaround is to increase the money supply. If the money supply is a dollar and the GDP consists of one donut, your dollar worth is one donut. If the government wants half that donut, they could increase your taxes by 50%, thereby leaving you with a half a donut. 
But if it is not politically expedient to raise taxes, the government can obtain half a donut anyway by doubling the money supply to $2. Now the government has a dollar and you have a dollar, but GDP still only consists of one donut. Just like if your taxes were raised, now only you get half of all the number of donuts and the government gets the other half. Printing money to finance budgets, budget deficits is why current inflation is at a 40-year high, but it also explains the logic uh, of implicit voter suppression scheme in 2020. So hang with me. I know this GDP argument can kind of get in the weeds, but hang with me. Democrats could have run a normal campaign for Joe Biden in 2020, persuading voters to vote for the man through campaign appearances and media ads touting his policy positions, but that would not have been politically expedient with a uniquely erratic, uh, discombobulated, and cognitively challenged candidate like Joe Biden. So the left took a page out of their economic playbook, and they used Mark Zuckerberg's money to purchase uh, access to key election offices in order to use them to manufacture votes for Joe Biden, each of which would cancel, cancel out the legitimate votes. See the connection now here between the money supply and the vote supply. Opera, uh, legitimate votes of Trump voters in areas where election offices were still operated according to the principle of administrative neutrality. Uh, ensuring that only legally valid votes were counted, here's how it worked. Follow me on this. First, a series of lawsuits by activist lawyers as uh, Mark Elias and, and executive branch use of emergency police powers due to COVID-19 radically changed the management of the 2020 election, resulting in different treatment for different kinds of ballots and voters within several states. Absentee ballots and urban voters were favored in uh, favored in-person voting and any jurisdiction that was not heavily Democratic was not. Then far-left activists of CDCL arrived on the scene with hundreds of millions of dollars of Mark Zuckerberg's money, the, mass, the vast majority of which was funded into key urban election offices in swing states. But unlike normal campaign finance expenditures, big CTCL money had nothing to do with tr traditional campaign finance, lobbying, or other expenses that are normally related to increasingly expensive modern elections. Oh, no. It uh, gets much more nefarious. It had to do with finance, the financing the infiltration of election offices at the city and county level by Democratic Party activists and using these offices as platforms to implement their preferred administrative practices, voting methods, data sharing agreements, and to launch intensive partisan media outreach campaigns. Now, listen, listen to me. I'm not going to read all of this. It, it gets so good uh, and it's so long. Uh, but here's where I want to land today is I want to ask a question. Uh, FBI, while you are chasing a granny that was holding a flag on January the 6th, uh, while you are uh, chasing uh, some guy that owns a business uh, that you know, said that Biden is an idiot or whatever he may have said, uh, and, uh, and, and and doing things that are so inane and have no bearing. Uh, why, tell, please tell me why uh, the FBI is not 
all in on the 2020 election, looking at why five swing states stopped, stopped voting, counting votes at exactly the same time. Uh, what were the big uh, suitcases rolled in uh, to the State Farm Center uh, in Georgia? And on and on and on. There's so many things that happen. Uh, the, uh, having the Justice Department uh, look at uh, why FBI uh, why FBI agents were involved in the kidnapping of, of uh, or attempted uh, kidnapping of, of, of Governor Whitmer. And uh, who are these guys all in khakis and uh, same, uh, well, not same khakis, but uh, attempted to be same khakis and blue shirts and uh, same hats uh, marching in Washington that all look just like FBI uh, 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 agents. And so uh, it, it, when we look at this and we see the, things going on. It's so frustrating that you have, uh, you know, even a Democrat uh, like uh, Cuellar on the border of Texas who dared uh, give uh, criticism to his own party over, uh, over the border. And when the FBI swarms down there, uh, man, why isn't the FBI looking into uh, the voter uh, fraud of 2020. That is the question. Those are things that couldn't be said uh, for uh, when Doc was on uh, Cumulus Media on the Cumulus Media radio station. Uh, that was he. He couldn't say that. They told him if he said it again, he'd be fired. Uh, but thankfully, because of our sponsors and most of all because of you, uh, we're able to be able to come on here uh, and to say it. We're able to to speak it. And so uh, every time you hear, and, and if anybody taught us to think like this, uh, it, was, uh, it, it was Rush Limbaugh. It was listen and then look behind what is being said. Look behind the cart curtain. And, uh, and so uh, it, is, it is so important. Uh, as William Doyle goes on, uh, he, he fast forwards to November of 2020 and he says the goals of, of, of these three CDCL founders and directors, this was this initiative uh, to throw the election, to disrupt the electoral system in favor of far left candidates and progressive causes. It eventually came to fruition as a result of CTCL's 30. $350 million investment in 2020 elections. On November the 6th, 2020, as it became increasingly clear that the election was inexplicably slipping away from Donald Trump, uh, Whitney uh, Quisenberry, executive director of CTCL, seemed to exult in the knowledge that her organization's work to increase absentee vote by mail had another effect beyond allowing safer voting during COVID-19. It was part of a carefully designed plan to defeat Donald Trump and the alleged fascist who voted for him. Uh, Quisenberry in, uh, implication that Donald Trump and his supporters are fascists appears in a social media post that involves a clever tribute to the folk musician Woody Guthrie and Pete Seeger with a replica of Guthrie's famous slogan affixed to a mailbox rather than to his acoustic guitar. Uh, the machine kills fascist uh, was, uh, and it was on a, uh, drop box, uh, po uh, U.S. Postal Service, one of those blue drop boxes. The machine kills fascists. That's what Mike, Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook's money uh, and this political machine. But I've got a uh, hope for you, and that is uh, 
you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Listen, the truth can be hidden, but the truth is still there. I, I was, um, uh, and, and uh, you can get so frustrated. I'm sitting here reading this. I'm so frustrated at the FBI. I'm so frustrated at the level of incompetency and, and just, just plain... And when I see this uh, and just so uh, frustrated by it, I'm reminded of, uh, of Scripture. And it says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Uh, and that is, and then in the book of Revelation, there is a great comfort there. And it said, everything, not most things, not some things, uh, everything that is hidden shall be known. Everything hidden shall be known. And man, if you like good, uh, uh, salacious, uh, salacious uh, things and you like to hear the nitty gritty, man, uh, Judgment Day is going to be the day for you. And uh, you're going to really enjoy it if you are, um, if you're ready for it. Uh, and, and because everything, stuff like this is, is going to be known. And, uh, and they, they think, you know, that they're going to get away with this. And they may in this life, they may get, get away with it. They may uh, have stolen this election and get away with it, much like I believe uh, the election was stolen in Chicago from uh, Richard Nixon. And, uh, and, and, but here's the thing. It's, it will come to bear. It will be known. Uh, years ago, my son uh, saved up his money, and, uh, and you have to remember this was in the 80s, probably the late 80s, uh, so it's been a while ago. And uh, see, he's 35, uh, he was probably 12, 10, so he was what, uh, uh, he was maybe, you know, uh, that's been 24 years ago, 25 years ago, so it's probably, you know, something like, uh, he's probably 12. So it was probably like 23 years ago, something like that. So a long time ago. And, uh, he saved up his money, men work, mowed yards, did different things, saved up his birthday money and, uh, Christmas money. And, uh, he was, all three of my boys really good athletes. And he was a, he was a good, really good athlete. And, uh, man, he wanted a good glove and, you know, not just a typical stiff glove. And so we went to, to the Barrett uh, drugstore over in Denison. We lived in Sherman, Texas at the time. Went over to this huge uh, drugstore that had a massive, uh, larger than a Walmart sporting goods. And man, they had the best. They had Nakona and they had uh, all the, I mean, the pro level uh, equipment. And uh, so, you know, Rollins was what I normally had or Wilson, but man, he, he got one of these gloves, you know, and usually my glove, I'd have to break it in. It'd take me, you know, a week or two weeks to break it in. You remember wrapping it up with a belt, uh, oiling it up, putting it under your bed, letting the bed uh, uh, post set on it and trying to break it in and playing burnout with it. You know, your, you and your brother or dad throwing the ball real hard, trying to break it in. Uh, but not this glove. I mean, this glove was like butter soft. It was just, uh, I mean, it came out of the package like that. Uh, but it was also uh, very, very expensive. Over, and this was in 
uh, like I said, in the 80s, it was over $100. I, I want to say 130 or something like that, and which was just astronomical uh, and still is to me for a baseball glove. And, uh, man, he was so proud of that glove and, man, just loved it. Didn't want to write on it because it was just – and it was a beautiful color. And, man, it was just – it was awesome. Uh, I was a dad, and I'd sit there and envy and stare at it. I just loved that glove. And so uh, I, just one of his few uh, games, maybe first few games, uh, it started raining. We had to take off. We were sitting around the uh, concourse or the concession stand waiting on it to stop raining. And uh, – and, uh, and, and man, it just kept raining. Finally, we said, man, we've got to make a dash for it. We got, we ran, got jumped in the car. We had a bunch of kids with us and we took them home. We pulled in the house. We get to go in and, and Cody hollers out, says, dad, my glove. And his glove is lost and it's gone. And so, man, we jump in the car. We go back out, still pouring rain. And we go back out to the ball field. We look everywhere, nowhere to be found. And man, he was, he, he cried and I wanted to cry. I mean, it was so sad. And uh, somebody had taken that glove. And, uh, I'm talking about today about the election in 2020. It was stolen and, uh, and, and it, it looks uh, so nefarious and it looks like, uh, that liberty is lost. And that's, that's what we're talking about today. And I'm using this analogy of this real story that happened with this glove. And so I'm sitting there on Saturday evening, I'm preparing for my message on Sunday. And, and I was just thinking about that glove. And I thought, you know, that glove is, is it's somewhere. It, it's, it's not nowhere. It's somewhere. And it may be, it's probably in somebody's room. It's probably in somebody's car. But that glove is somewhere. And so that glove is, uh, yes, it's, it's lost, true enough, but it's really not lost. It just hasn't been found. And, uh, and, and man, I, I began, it's just like God really put that on my heart about people uh, who uh, are away from God or maybe never have, have known God uh, never known him in the power of his spirit, never had their sins washed away uh, with his name. And, uh, and it just, uh, it really hit me there. Yeah, they're, they're not lost. They're just not found yet uh, because God's not willing that any should perish and that all would come to repentance. And so that was, uh, you know, that was such an inspiration to me. And I talked about that glove that morning and I talked about you're not lost. You're just not found yet. I know you don't end the sentence with yet, but it sounds better. And uh, and I was thinking as I was preparing for this show today, I was thinking about uh, this the lost integrity, and and I thought you know we could we could get to feeling so hopeless and feeling so disconnected, and we could feel like man, there's just no hope. I was at a fundraiser last night. And there was a lady, and I think she actually. Uh, express what everybody in that room was feeling. And man, Conrad did a wonderful job and man, laid out his plan, laid out his plan to win, gave us all the uh, metrics of why he can win, win and I believe he's going to pull the upset and win uh, if, if people would get behind him. But she said, uh, I, I got a question. She said, what's the point? She said, we came out in record numbers and voted for Donald Trump. And the election was just stolen from us, pure stolen from us. And she said, what's the point? And, and she was there and she, she supported him financially and she's going to vote for him. But she, so she's not past uh, helping. She's not past voting. 
She's frustrated, just like you're frustrated. But I'm here to tell you today, it's like that glove. It's like the lost soul. It's like the prodigal son. All hope is not lost. Yes, are they away from home? Yes, was 2020 pull from us? And yes, have we been had to go through these uh, four uh, or this year, it seems like four years uh, of wilderness. Uh, yes, it seems lost, but it's just not found yet. And I want to just encourage you today. I want to encourage you that uh, we're gonna we're gonna get through this. I, I want to encourage you today that some way somehow uh, we're going to uh, we're going to prevail. Justice is going to prevail. Right is going to succeed. Uh, and and what do you do? You do what you can. You cannot do what you can't. Don't worry about what you can't control. Do what you can. If you can't give $1,000 to uh, a campaign, give 10. You say, well, I can't give 1000 so I'm not going to give anything. No, give something. When they get that check in the mail, it makes them feel better. Hey, uh, Susie gave me, Betty gave me, uh, uh, Jane gave me five, Bluebird gave me five, uh, somebody gave me 100, somebody gave me 500, somebody gave me 1000 You do what you can. See, God will never do what we, you and I can do but he will do what we cannot do. But he will never do what we cannot do until we do what we can. And so we can sit around and uh, moan and we can uh, complain about 2020 or we can pick ourselves up and we can dust ourselves off and we can say, you know what? Uh, we're going to do better. We're going to figure out a way. And I'm going to tell you how it starts. It starts with electing people who have no uh, hint, uh, no scent whatsoever of rhino on them. That is the place uh, where we start. We're going to talk about that when we come back here in a little bit. We're going to talk about uh, uh, the uh, Freedom Convoy. Boy, that thing's picking up steam, isn't it? Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the death rattle of the uh, uh, elites, or, or rather the establishment. We're going to talk about how homeschool, I believe, uh, is going to save America. Uh, and then we're going to talk about following Poland's plan uh, for uh, recovering our liberty in this country and defeating uh, the American communists and Marxists uh, the, of this age. And so we got a, a good rest of the show. We're at the one hour mark. When we come back, we're going to talk to you about one of the greatest uh, things I have found uh, related to uh, health insurance. And so when we come back, I want to talk to you about that for a moment. We're going to do our tweet of the day. I've got a really good one for you that Doc supplied me. And then I've got a couple of other ones here that I'm going to give you. And uh, we're going to have a great time coming back. I hope you'll hang with us. Thank you so much for being a part of this show on this first day of February. We're looking forward to another hour with you here in just a moment.
good to see you back. And uh, so thankful that you're hanging in here with us. Just uh, looking forward to the next hour with you. Thank you for everybody. Man, you just, I'm just so, so thankful for each and every one of you. And uh, looking forward to uh, being able to spend some more time with you here today. I'm kind of just hanging on and, and uh, really cherishing, cherishing uh, these moments with you because I realize, you know, uh, Doc will be back just in, in any day. And um, I've enjoyed it uh, so much. And you have been such a wonderful audience. And I'm just so very thankful for you. Uh, but man, I'm ready to have Doc back. I'm ready to get back to my routine. Um, I've enjoyed it. A lot of people don't realize, man, it's a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, preparation, a lot of time spent. Uh, you, you know, you have to find, you, you basically have to find the material you feel like your your um, audience wants and uh, would, would, uh, would stay and listen to. Uh, and uh, obviously, I'm not nearly as well-versed in it uh, as Doc, and, uh, and really, uh, he is a professional's professional, and uh, certainly looking forward to having him back. So, But I have sure enjoyed my time with you, and if today's the last day, thank you again, uh, and uh, if we get to do it for one more day, uh, at probably at the most, uh, I would, I'll cherish that as well. And uh, so, but I also tell you something else I cherish, and that is having uh, health care that I can uh, just feel good about. And uh, that's what we have, my wife and I, with MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. Man, I'm so pumped uh, to have uh, MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. Uh, Art Wilborn is the principal with MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. Uh, Art became a huge fan of the show, and uh, he uh, reached out to us and uh, said, hey, man, I want to, he was a supporter of Doc and uh, advertised with him with Cumulus and said, I want to go with you on this new adventure. And so, man, we are so thankful uh, to Art and MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. The great thing about Art is no matter where you are, you go ahead and go on, uh, schedule a call uh, with with he or one of his agents or one of uh, their uh, people there in their office, and they will uh, work with you, and they'll work with other agents in other uh, states and uh, do everything they can. Uh, but man, this is the the new paradigm in health plans. Uh, it is backed by a great company, and. Uh, it is just, uh, it's, it, it is the epitome. It is the Tesla uh, of, um, I love the look of the Tesla. I like the function of the Tesla. Uh, I, I don't own one. I, I know all the, uh, I, not all, but I know a lot of the arguments about how much power it takes to charge one. But I, they're just cool, and I like them. Uh, and uh, probably financially, at the end of the day, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, but but I like them. But I tell you what does make a lot of sense and is worth every dime uh, is uh, myfamilyhealthplan.com. But it is it is creative, innovative. Uh, what they have done, uh, they can explain it to you a little better. Insurance is hard to understand to begin with. I did always get this part of it because I sold insurance for a while 
And I did get this, that if you say, well, I don't want a large deductible, you know, there's a $500 deductible up to a $3,000 deductible. Well, I want a $500 deductible. Or on my car insurance, uh, works the same way. And, uh, and they say, okay, you have a $500 deductible, but your premium is going to be X. It's going to be, you know, $1,000 a month for a $500 deductible because the company is taking more risk. You're only the most risk you're taking, and unless you have a you know a maximum, is five hundred dollars. That's what the deductible is. The deductible is the amount of risk you're willing to take, and then the company takes the rest of it until uh, you reach your maximum payout. And uh, so, but if somebody says, "Hey, I will do a three thousand dollar deductible," then your payment is not a thousand; it is three hundred or five hundred because you're taking more of the risk. Uh, but here's the thing. Insurance companies are like casinos. Uh, they exist because they win more than they lose. And so, uh, so, but then comes along myfamilyhealthplan.com that says we are going to, you know, we got to cover ourselves. We got to cover the cost. Uh, but we're going to negotiate and we're going to do this so creatively. Uh, we're going to, uh, in our underwriting, uh, in how we structure it and how we negotiate uh, with doctors and hospitals. And we think we can do this better. And man, they have. My wife and I had this Christian uh, sharing plan. We were paying, I think, about $400 a month. We're now paying uh, three something a month. And I'm 60 years old. She's 60 years old. Don't tell anybody because uh, I can tell you her my age. I can't tell you hers. I just did. Um, and we're paying three something a month. Three forty four comes to mind. I think we were paying four forty four uh, before. So about a hundred bucks a month savings uh, compared to the Christian Health Sharing Plan we had. And when I would give the card uh, for the Christian Health Sharing Plan, uh, when you know going for a checkup or whatever, uh, they would all kind of gather around and look at the card, you know, like an alien, like it came from Mars or something. And uh, whispering, wondering what it was, and sir, where you know they have to call, and uh, but man, now you you just got a normal insurance card, and I'm not I'm not against the uh, the Christian healthcare sharing. I think that's great for people uh, that don't have it, that do not have an alternative. Uh, so I, I get it. Uh, but here's another thing about those Christian sharing plans versus myfamilyhealthplan.com. My wife had some pre-existing, nothing major, major, but she had some pre-existing conditions. And the family health care, the, the sharing plan, uh, Christian sharing plan said, you know, we'll, we'll never cover that. And they didn't. We had some uh, complications and some things, and it was to do with their hands, some nerves, and, and uh, they wouldn't cover it. And we were out about three grand. Uh, but guess what? With myfamilyhealthplan.com, uh, after a year, even those pre-existing conditions are covered. Uh, what about no copays? What about low to no deductible? It's too good to be true. I'm telling you, uh, you are uh, you are uh, able to get this coverage, uh, and it, you are in control. Uh, and it is uh, it is a great great plan. Uh, free teledoc. You got this little instead of going to the doctor for this little ache or pain, you can it's totally free. Free checkup once a year, discount drug cards, uh, actually receive money back. Qu quite often, uh, you will have your bill paid in full and receive a check above that, especially with doctor visits with no copay. 
Uh, how does that uh, happen? I, I don't know completely, but they can sure tell you over at myfamilyhealthplan.com. Tom said this, said, I got my first check, still have no idea how all this works. Smiley face, a uh, copy of $188 check is include uh, uh, is included here, uh, but I got a $188 check for surgery with the bill paid in full. So uh, that's good. Vicky said, I saw my doctor for an earache. I just showed my card, no copay. I received mail from my insurance company. Uh, I was sure it was a, a bill. To my surprise, it was a check for $110 with my bill paid in full. And how they do that, and they can uh, tell you more about it, but they negotiate these great rates uh, with your doctors, with your hospitals, with your treatment centers, your surgical centers, uh, and pass savings on to you. That is myfamilyhealthplan.com. Call them, let them know they're great supporters of this show. Uh, They mean the world to us uh, because they believe in liberty, and we're just so, so very thankful uh, for them. I want to um, just kind of update you. First, I want to uh, remind you about the January 6th detainees. I think I mentioned them at the start of the show, uh, but I want to come back and say don't forget the people uh, the detainees. I'm so thankful for uh, Marjorie Green Taylor. I'm is it Marjorie Taylor Green or Mar? Uh, I always get that backwards, and that drives Doc crazy. I know because he is so good with names, and I am not. Uh, but I think it's Marjorie Taylor Green, and uh, I'm so thankful for people like her, for Thomas Massey. I'm so thankful for people like Matt Gates. Uh, who have the backbone to go and stand in front of the detention centers where these political prisoners are being held now almost, um, you know, approaching 400 days uh, where uh, they are being held and reminding us of these people. Pray for them. Pray for their families. Can you imagine somebody in your home, they went to D.C. just to, uh, let uh, the establishment know how they felt, and they never returned. They've been gone 400, almost 400 days, and they're being held by their own government. Man, we talk about the Chinese and the Ungers. Uh, what about uh, the political prisoners of January the 6th and, and this uh, regime uh, that is holding them? Uh, and so I wanted to make sure that we rem- uh, remember them every day that I'm on here and Doc mentions them a lot as well, but I just don't want us to forget them. Also, I don't want us to forget the good work that is being done by the Canadian truckers. And from what we understand now, the American truckers are ratcheting up. Uh, someone uh, tweeted out, I've not been able to completely confirm this, but someone tweeted out that uh, there's been enough money raised uh, to keep the truckers there in Ottawa for uh, years. And, uh, and uh, that's 50,000 truckers, so that's a lot of money. Uh, but I want us to keep them in, in, uh, in our prayers and keep them in the forefront. Uh, Trudeau denounces hatred and division on display at Canadian Truckers Freedom Convoy demonstration. Uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, this is by Deborah uh, Haney uh, over at American Greatness. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau on Monday slammed the massive Freedom Convoy of truckers that rode into the city over the weekend. Uh, 
uh, Trudeau also left his Ottawa residence on Saturday uh, at the Freedom Convoy as the Freedom Convoy was converging on the city uh, and reportedly is at an undisclosed um, uh, location. Trudeau snarkily uh, tweeted out this morning, I test positive for COVID-19. I'm feeling fine. I'll continue to work remotely this week while following public health guidelines. Uh, everyone, please get vaccinated and get boosted. And uh, Oh, like you did, Justin, you got vaccinated and boosted and you still got it. Gotcha. Okay. Um, have you noticed uh, while we're talking about the Freedom Convoy and we're talking about the hypocrisy of people or the uh, narcissistic uh, tendencies and so sociopathic tendencies of Justin Trudeau, uh, have you noticed that uh, how let me talk about that here in a minute. I'm going to talk about, and I think it's fascinating, how climate change and the the COVID uh, vaccine mandates, how they are so closely related, uh, and it's a it's a typical uh, it's a typical tool used by the left. And I'll talk about that here in a moment. I don't really have a uh, I don't I don't have a uh, article or anything to tie it to, but it's just a thought that I had. In his comments, Trudeau, I'm talking about the Freedom Convoy in Canada. We want to keep them on our hearts and minds. Uh, Tr Trudeau used the uh, isolated incidents to smear the thousands of decent law-abiding Canadians at the protest. Uh, he's talking about somebody, you know, tearing up a statue, uh, you know, and, and, and if that's been done intentionally, but man, one, you can't trust him. Two, you can't trust the media, uh, like the reports of demanding soup kitchens to give them soup or whatever. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't trust them. And if someone's doing something wrong, just like on January the 6th, if someone was doing something to tear stuff up, uh, but what I see from January the 6th, and here's the thing, uh, if, if you've got video, show it. Uh, whether that be from January the 6th or from uh, what's going on in Ottawa. Uh, but I, because I'm not going to trust the media because you've lied to us so often, uh, I, I can't trust you and I'm not going to trust you. Certainly not going to trust Justin Trudeau. Um, uh, over the past few days, Canadians were shocked and frankly disgusted by the behavior displayed by some people protesting in our nation's capital, Trudeau uh, added. I want to be clear we're not insulted, uh, those who insult. Uh, hurl insults. And uh, and then he talks about flying racist flags. We won't cave to those who engage in vandalism or dishonor the memory of our veterans. Oh, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, that is uh, just want to keep those uh, wonderful people uh, that are doing uh, great work and fighting back. And uh, many of uh, the Canadians are uh, fighting against the oppression and uh, I'm going to tell you, it, it has to be fought against uh, because we have, uh, if, if we don't do that, if we don't fight against it, uh, we're going to look like Australia. If we don't fight against it, we're going to look like New Zealand. If we don't fight against it, we're going to look like Can uh, Canada has. But, man, they, they've had enough, and they're, said, they're saying enough is enough. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you why the one reason those countries are being oppressed and to the levels they are. I think we're being oppressed too, but to the levels they're being oppressed versus uh, how we have individual states trying to oppress. And the common de denominator uh, and the, and the, the one uh, thing that is 
uh, vacant or absent in these countries like Australia, like New Zealand, like Canada, where they have oppressed people, uh, is present. And the common denominator where it is not present is in these United States, and that is uh, the right to bear arms. And, and uh, that our founders were, again, so divinely brilliant in realizing that as long as the people are uh, have the power and they have uh, the the right to defend themselves, to defend freedom, to defend liberty, they're not. They realize that institutions could be corrupted. They realize that even uh, the military could be corrupted, and so that's why they believe that there needed to be uh, a militia. They believe there needed to be. Uh, a people's militia that would uh, would be there in case all the governmental uh, systems were corrupted. And so uh, I think that is so, so very important. And it is a common denominator, and it is uh, very, very uh, obvious. Uh, and it is not a... Uh, not a coincidence whatsoever, but it is very, very obvious. Um, our uh, we have what we call the uh, the tweet of the day, and uh, and I may do what, go woke go broke. Uh, may do some of that today. I've got a little bit of that if if we have time. But we do the tweet of the day. Doc sent me a great tweet the other day, and it was from uh, Steve DC. And uh, or Dece, D-E-A-C-E, and uh, he said, I'll never complain. And he was in relation, obviously, to the Freedom Convoy in Canada. And he said, I'll never complain about a big truck driving too slow or being in the in the passing lane. And I'm I'm complaining, uh, riding behind it. Uh, I'll think about the Freedom Convoy uh, every time. And so uh, we, we a shout out to the Freedom Convoy. Uh, we are very thankful for the work that you're doing uh, there. I want to talk about the uh, death rattle of the establishment. Uh, and uh, this is actually a, a video. I'm not going to show the video, but the original idea for this, and, and I kind of just am going to expound on a little bit here today, it came from uh, over at uh, Phyllis Shafley's Eagles, and it's phyllisshafley.com. The great, late, great Phyllis Shafley was a great uh, defender of freedom and uh, did great work. And uh, Ed Martin over there at Pro America Report is still carrying it on, has a great uh, podcast and his own, I think, uh, also Periscope. Uh, does some great work, uh, and uh, and so I was uh, on their site last night looking around, and uh, he talked about the ten Republicans uh, that voted with uh, with Liz Cheney uh, back on uh, one. I think it was on one fifteen uh, twenty, uh, so it was around the fifteenth of January a year ago, and uh, so it's been a little over a year ago. Uh, when 190 Republicans voted against impeaching Trump and only 10 voted for impeaching Trump. And what Ed Martin brought out in that 
little nine-minute uh, piece. You can go over to Phyllis Shafley's. He actually has a 40-minute uh, piece on it, a 40-minute video, or uh, it's actually a, a an audio file over at Pro America Report or phyllisshafley.com. You can listen to the, it in its entirety. But here's what he said, and I'm just going to read this brief part. What you need to know is there were 10 Republicans who voted for, for impeachment. They are the death rattle of the Republican establishment. And if they had the power to influence the party, they would have had more than 10 vote with them. The real Republicans, Republicans won't side with uh, Nancy Pelosi's political stunts. If you believe the Repu Republican Party should be America first, against the swamp, against the establishment, fearless, willing to fight, willing to stand up against big tech and Nancy Pelosi, then yesterday, talking about a year ago, uh, was a great day for you. 190 Republicans voted against. This was in, I'm sorry, 115-2021. Uh, so it's been uh, just over a year uh, and uh, 15 days or so. They are proving that the direction of this party is going the right way by standing up for principles that matter and standing, standing up for we the people. Now, let me say this. There were only 10 Republicans, which would be the extreme uh, uh, rhinos, that voted for impeachment against Donald Trump. However, uh, there were uh, a few more than that that voted for the January, the, January 6th Commission. One of those was uh, French Hill right here in Arkansas. He voted for a January 6th commission, knowing good and well it was not, nothing but a lynch mob trying to, uh, to come against and destroy Donald Trump once and for all because these elites, uh, these rhinos, uh, these uh, left of center uh, wants to take over the party. But the, the real tale the real death rattle is when Nancy Pelosi couldn't get but 10 Republicans to vote with her for impeachment of Donald Trump. And uh, I know that made, uh, you know, Jonah uh, 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 and uh, Bill, uh, what's his name? Um, I, I can't I can't think of his name over uh, at, uh, you know, some of the uh, moderates in the Republican Party. Uh, they were so upset uh, that uh, they would not vote with them. Bill Crystal, and uh, they they would not vote with them. And uh, and I think it's Jonah Goldstein or Goldman, maybe uh, Jonah Gold. I believe that's it, Jonah Gold. And uh, and uh, I, I quit watching him or listening to him or reading him, uh, so I've I've pretty much forgotten who he is. Uh, but I know they were so upset because. Uh, only 10 Republicans voted for impeachment. Because, see, these people have this um, false idea that there's some way to get along with the left. And there is no middle ground with the left. Listen, when you want America to be Marxist, when you want America uh, to uh, leave God, when you want America uh, to open its southern borders, when you want America uh, to support a, a country that would love to see us destroyed, like China, uh, when you would, uh, when you want uh, to support a country that will kill our American businesses, destroy them, um, then you don't, you do not have America uh, at heart, their interests at heart, 
And so we're looking for America first candidates. And so if you want to know when uh, the uh, establishment and when the rhino-esque of the party uh, death rattle, and a lot of that was Donald Trump uh, from 2016 to 2020, a lot of work. I, I know a lot of us are very upset that he didn't do more to destroy the the stronghold of the administrative state. We know that he should have done more to clean out Democrats in administrative positions. We know he should have done a whole lot more to get more cons true conservatives uh, in a lot of these uh, government institutions. But make no mistake about it, the reason only 10 people voted with Nancy Pelosi was because of the influence of Donald Trump uh, over the last uh, four years and beyond. And so, it's so, so important to, uh, to, to see that. Uh, I want to go to the tweets of the day today. Tweet of the day is brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com, RedRiverYourWay.com. Uh, and uh, so make sure that you, uh, <laughs> make sure that you support them. Go to RedRiverYourWay.com and they bring you the tweet of the day. Uh, it's, uh, I can only read this to you, but it is a picture of uh, Justin Trudeau. Uh, he's in blackface. He's in a big, full uh, Indian headdress. Uh, these are like a collage of pictures. And up, uh, up above, it's got this huge, bold, red uh, missing and it's got uh, this collage of pictures of Justin Trudeau. Uh, he's in blackface. He's in a cowboy hat. He's in this uh, uh, looks like Far Eastern uh, getup. Another one in blackface. He seemed to really like blackface. Uh, he's in a Sherlock Holmes outfit. He's in a Superman outfit. Uh, he's in a construction uh, uh, hat. Uh, he's dressed up, uh, let's see, like a... Uh, looks like maybe some type of soldier. And uh, it says, have you seen this man, Justin Trudeau, age 50, uh, height 6'2", weight 172, last seen January the 28th near the Parliament uh, Hill in Ottawa, Ontario, may be suffering from a desire to control the lives of every Canadian. If you have any information or have seen Trudeau, please contact the Canadian citizens waiting for answers. Warning, he is a master of disguise. <laughs> that's good. And that's brought to you by Red River Your Way. Uh, let me see. I got another one here. Uh, this is from uh, Hey Doc, uh, Hey Doc Gay, J G A Y E. So it's a, a lady's name. Hey Doc Gay tweeted this out. And, uh, it's a guy holding a sign, and it says, of course all scientists agree when you censor the ones who don't. And, man, that's a, that's a great one, and that's where we are. I mean, that's, that's, that's exactly where we are. Uh, I want to talk to you today uh, in these last few minutes. We've got about, about 20, 30 minutes uh, before we wrap up here today. I want to talk to you, and I want to use uh, as a foundation – uh, a piece uh, over at American Thinker. I think probably my two favorite places to go uh, for news and for editorials. Uh, uh, the two uh, that I prefer the most are uh, American Thinker uh, is probably second, and then American Greatness is number one. American Thinker is my second uh, is my second uh, favorite. 
But uh, I, I, I'm really going to use this article as kind of a foundation uh, to a larger, uh, a larger subject in my mind. And uh, it, it, you'll, you'll notice with me it is a theme, and the theme is opportunity always uh, emerges from uh, problems. Opportunity always presents itself when there are uh, adversarial situations. So often we get bogged down by uh, problems. We get bogged down by uh, things that happen in our lives and in our nation. And when we see things like this COVID um, power grab and, uh, and, and we have this uh, sickness that is used as a reset, and they said it themselves, the globalists said this was their opportunity for a global reset. And we see uh, this uh, man, these mandates, vaccine mandates and mass mandates and schools closing down uh, and all this happened. So often all we can see is the, are, are the problems. But what I want you to see today is I want you to see the opportunity. You see, most people are so busy looking at the problem that they don't see the opportunity. And in this uh, article by Rick Moran over at American Thinker, he says homeschool enrollment explodes. Absolutely no one I know is satisfied with the education their children are getting in public schools. But most of the people I talk to with young kids have two parents that work full time outside the house and are unable to homeschool their children. But a lot of parents are making the sacrifice as evidenced by the explosion of homeschoolers in the U.S. A recent report in Education News states that since 1999, the number of children who are homeschooled has increased by 75%. Now, this only represents about 4% of all school, school-aged children, but it is uh, growing uh, so seven times fat. This academic setting is growing seven times faster than the number of children enrolling in K through 12. And uh, it goes on and on. I'm not going to read the article because that's not what I really want to talk to you about. The homeschooling is an indicator. The homeschooling is a reaction to what has happened. But uh, it goes deeper than that. The, the, the real issue here is multifaceted. And I want to talk about it here for the next few minutes, if I may. And that is a great opportunity. You know, when, uh, uh, when Joseph was sold into slavery and uh, he, uh, in, in the Bible, and if you don't know that story, you need to go read it. It's in the book of Genesis. And uh, he, uh, and I don't take for granted, everybody knows the stories. That's why I say that. I'm not saying that speaking down to you. Um, but when it's all over and, you know, God had sent him to Israel to feed his family, uh, but he used the cruelty of his brothers to send him there. Uh, God didn't make him go. God didn't send him. His brothers did it, but God turned it and used it to good. And that's exactly what Joseph said when it was all over and they had their good cry and they were reunited and they were fed and everything worked out. Joseph said this. He said, what? You meant for evil, God turned to good. 
And that's how I feel about the uh, attempt at a reset. That's what I uh, feel about the attempt to uh, take hold of liberty in America and around the globe. It has awakened us to this global uh, spirit, if you will, of Antichrist, this global spirit of trying to seize control and steal liberty from mankind around the world, and especially here, uh, not especially here in America, but all over the world, but what affects us directly right here in America. And indicative of that is people saying, I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm going to homeschool my kids. I'm not going to let my kids sit in a mask for eight hours when uh, it is proven that if they were to get COVID, uh, it's not, you know, it's it's not going to be serious. And so I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do Zoom uh, and uh, get on a Zoom call with a teacher. And then, you know, if, if they see something in the house that they don't agree with or somebody gets on to one of the kids and they don't like it, they can report it. I'm, I'm not letting them into my home or whatever the reason may be. But, but all of that is indicative of something much greater. Let's go back. Let's go back to when uh, in the 60s uh, prayer uh, was taken out of the public school. Let's go back to uh, the demise of public education. Now, this is not a slam on some wonderful, wonderful public school teachers and administrators who do great work and work hard and uh, are godly, good people and do their best. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the system. I'm talking about a system where uh, the majority of kids coming out of school can't read. I'm talking about a system where the majority of kids coming out of school, if you hand them uh, the, the correct, uh, the, the, uh, a, a bill or denomination, uh, from a purchase, they can't make change at a cash register. They can't figure up in their head, uh, something because, uh, they have to have a, a calculator. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about people that, that can't read, that, that can't speak, that, uh, people have no moral compass. I'm talking about, uh, uh, two or three generations, no, probably uh, more than that, that have been raised by other people. Uh, and so this speaks to something. Yes, it speaks to uh, the low quality of pub public education. But I would submit to you today that the reason that public ed education yes, it was because they took God out of the schools. Yes, it's because they quit speak. Uh, uh, teaching uh, manners and morality and, and good manners, as, as has been said. Uh, but I think it goes deeper than that. I think the reason public education ultimately failed, it is not the design that God had for the family. I believe that a family uh, were, I believe it was the family's uh, intention or God's intention, rather, that the family educate their children or at least be heavily, heavily involved in educating their children. Is it good to have a math expert come in? Uh, sure, that's fine. And with the internet, you can do that. Uh, or you have a homeschool association or you have uh, somewhere you can take a child and get some help with 
uh, English, with grammar, with uh, the, the advanced sciences and advanced uh, mathematics. Absolutely. There's, there's no harm in that whatsoever. That's wonderful. I'm talking about a child being dropped off at two years of age or, no, no, let me back up. A child being dropped off after, uh, what is it, six or eight, ten weeks after the mother recovers, a child's dropped off at a daycare. The mother and dad is working. I'm not. I'm not berating you. I'm not belittling you. I, I'm telling you where I believe all of this eventually uh, started and where we are today. Okay, so hang with me. And so uh, you you didn't know any better, and uh, you know I didn't know any better. And so we're raising our kids the way everybody else is raising their kids. We're doing what everybody else is doing, but doing what everybody else is doing and raising our kids the way everybody else is raising their kids still does not make it the right way to do it. I go back to the Old Testament and I look where God is telling Israel, look, look, I want you to train your children, put, drill it into them. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. So that's talking about religion. That's talking about uh, our relationship with God, not religion, but relationship with God. And, but, but listen to this. He says, uh, he says, uh, and when they get up, he said, I want you to make sure they understand it. He said, when they're walking by the way, that kind of gives the indication during the day. Uh, so that would indicate kind of somewhere in the middle. He said, I want you to make sure that you remind them, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. He said, at the end of the day, in the evening time, he said, I want you to do that. Now, I want you to take and I want you to transpose or to lay over today's continuum of raising children over that setting uh, where God gave that direction. And here's what I want you to see. You couldn't do it in the morning because you're getting ready. I'm getting ready. We're scrambling. The kids are getting ready. Uh, Susie's going to daycare and uh, uh, to preschool and and the older kids are going to the uh, elementary school and the little older kids are going to the middle school and the other kids are going to the high school. And then it's six o'clock and your boss says, I need you to stay over. And your husband says, I can't either. I've got a meeting afterwards. So the kids have to go to aftercare and they stay in aftercare for two hours afterwards. So they were dropped off at what, eight o'clock. Uh, and now it's six o'clock when you pick them up. And so someone else, and so you pick them up at six, you probably drive through somewhere and get uh, food uh, or you go to a restaurant. Uh, by the time that's over, it's time for showers and uh, bedtime and you read them a story. And maybe you say a prayer together and you shower. You, they get their showers and they brush their teeth uh, and uh, it's nine o'clock and they're in the bed. And so from uh, 8 a.m. Uh, until 6 p.m., so that is what, uh, 10 hours, they were with someone else. Uh, from uh, 6 p.m. till 9 p.m., they were with you uh, for three hours. And in that time, you took two or three phone calls. You watched maybe a Netflix show. Uh, maybe you did something with the kids, your, your exception, and y'all watched something together. You did something together. Maybe you went on a little outing. Uh, but that's the most three hours. Uh, and then they go to bed, they go to sleep to get up the next day and do it all over again. Now you got Saturday and, uh, but there's soccer on Saturday. There's dance on Saturday. There's little league on Saturday. Uh, there's boy scouts and, uh, or used to be on Saturday and all these things. 
And uh, you look up, and that child that was five is now 18, and uh, someone else spent 10 hours a day with them, and you spent three hours a day with them. Now, we would say, well, we have to do that to live. Well, I'm sitting here, uh, and I'm 60 years old, but when I was 30 years old, I was living in a house nicer than my dad. I had a four-bedroom, brand. my wife and I had a four-bedroom, brand-new house, three full baths on an acre of ground with a swimming pool. Uh, but, buddy, I was paying out the nose for it. I, yes, I lived in a na- nicer house than my dad had for his whole life. And and what we have done, we we have traded, we have traded life with our kids for uh, a living, which is not a living, it's money. And we have found ourselves, we have traded that those relationships. And why have we done that? We didn't do that on purpose. We didn't do that uh, calculate, with a calculated uh, type of mentality that, you know, I'm going to spend only so many hours with my kids. No, we, we got on the treadmill and, and once you get on the treadmill, it's hard to get off of it. And once you make the car notes and the house notes, it's hard to get off of it. And once you make the credit card uh, bills and they pile up, it's hard to get past them. You can't barely, you can barely pay the minimums. And so now you're having to work. Uh, and, and, uh, or, or at least you feel like you have to work. And so, yes, did the public education system fail us? Sure it did. Uh, but it was going to fail anyway because it was never the design. It was never the design for somebody else to educate your children, to educate my children. And so uh, in 1990, something like that, around 1990, maybe um, 95, uh, we, we had a little situation at our school. My son was in middle school. We'd had a great experience in the lower uh, school there at Wakefield Elementary there in Sherman, Texas. All three of our boys went there. My wife volunteered every day. I volunteered time to time. And uh, we had a great experience. She was a stay-at-home mom. Uh, Of course, I was working. uh, So I'd come in on the days that I could and volunteer. Real neat neighborhood school. Had a couple of issues there, but we, uh, we, you know, Kids brought home a, a book from the library that was very crass and very actually immoral, and uh, we brought attention to the principal. She got right on it, and we didn't. We weren't the type of parents that were like storm up there and you know being disrespectful or being you know belligerent. We were very kind and nice about it, but just said this concerned us. She she was a hundred percent in agreement. Said no, this has no place in our library, and took care of it. So we had a great relationship and great experience there for those years at uh, the elementary level. And then our oldest son went to middle school. He comes home from middle school, not long after going to middle school, and said, Dad, said I need to talk to you. And I said, yes, son, what is it? He said, well, he said, uh, today, he said, some boys called me over to their locker, and he said they had a magazine. I said, yeah. And he said, uh, so what was it? He said, well, it was a magazine with, with uh, women in it. And he said they didn't have on any clothes. And he said they were showing it to him. And he said, I, I knew it was wrong. And I wanted to tell you about it. And I said, okay. I said, I appreciate that. I said, you know, and I explained to him, I said, you know, uh, I don't want you to beat yourself up. But I said, at the same time, 
stuff like that, you know, gets in your head. It's hard to get it out of your head. It's like, and I, I likened it to starting uh, smoking or s- starting to drink. Uh, you know, it's a little bit at first and then it takes over and anything that can control you uh, is a danger. And spiritually, it's not, it's, it's not pleasing to God. And, uh, and, and it objectifies women. And I, I just, you know, went through all of it with him, but didn't freak out. And, and, and I was just so thankful that he came to me. So I go to the principal and uh, made an appointment. I didn't go in hollering, screaming and, and, and acting belligerent. And I just told her, I said, you know, I'm just a little concerned and told her the whole story. And she sat and she listened. And when it was over, she said, Mr. Copeland, I appreciate that you are, you know, a concerned parent. Now, I appreciate that you are, you know, uh, involved in your child's education. He said, but your child is a fifth grader and your child now is 11 years old. And what I would say to you, Mr. Copeland, is you need to let go. And I was like, mm, that's the wrong answer. I didn't say that to her. I said, well, thank you for your time. Left there. And I came home and told my wife about it. And uh, so we just began to pray. And we said, you know, what, what do we do? And uh, we had we we pastored a small church, and we had a pretty good group of young people and and children there. And we're real heavily involved in children's ministry there in the community and bust in a lot of kids uh, to our church. And so we had a real good foundation of, of young people and children. And, uh, and so we just began to pray about it. And uh, I said, you know what we ought to do? We ought to start our own school. And she said, we, we can't do that. We're not qualified to do that. And I said, you're right. We're not. And I said, well, let's just pray about it. And we just kept praying. And one day I was praying. And uh, I call them God thoughts. It wasn't a verbal voice. If I heard a verbal voice, I'd probably be scared to death and take off running. Uh, but it was a thought, and you know it. You you know when it happens. It was that God thought that just came to me, and it said, well, let me ask you something. It said, uh, if you did start a school, do you think you could do any worse than what public education is doing? And, man, that was it. That was the clarifying question. It was No. I couldn't. I promise you, our child, whatever we do, if we tried, we couldn't do it any worse. And again, that's not belittling the good teachers. That's not belittling uh, those that are trying. It is just, it is what it is. And, And for so long, I blamed it on public education, but I really realized it is really uh, us as parents abdicating our responsibility to someone that was not supposed to raise our children or even educate our children to begin with. And so if you want your children, if I want my children, my grandchildren now, to have my uh, values and to have my ideals, then guess what? Uh, I'm going to have to be more involved in their life. And guess what? That's probably going to mean we're not going to get a new car as often as we did. And guess what? We're probably not going to be able to upgrade the house and we're probably not going to be able to do some of the things that we did. And we may take a, a, a lesser vacation. We may eat out less. Uh, but uh, so this, this whole debacle with COVID that has in turn caused this escalation or explosion of homeschooling is not a curse. It's a blessing. It is getting back to where we should have started all along. Now, there can be a combination, I firmly believe that, where you've got, and there's university models of schools now that I think are great. That's something we've been looking at 
uh, here locally uh, to possibly have where kids are in school two days a week, they're at home with their uh, with a parent three days a week or vice versa or some combination of that. But listen, no one should be raising our children. If, if, if we allow someone else to raise our children, uh, probably we're not going to get the results uh, that we wanted. Uh, I'll tell you how you can get results that you wanted. You can get, uh, if you've got a health issue, you've got something going on, we've got a great sponsor here at the Doc Washburn Show. Uh, and if you want to watch the Doc Washburn Show or listen to it in its entirety, go to docwashburnshow.com, docwashburnshow.com. That's where you're listening right now. But uh, and, uh, be sure and like and share this, uh, and we get a lot more people uh, listening. We want to grow the listenership so we can have more great uh, partners like uh, TurnMyPowerOn.com. TurnMyPowerOn.com is a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, value. It's a powerful health-boosting secret that you've probably never heard about because it's solely practiced by a very limited number of doctors today. It is an upper cervical type uh, care. It is not widely known across the world. In fact, many patients are surprised and relieved when they first learn of his existence and effectiveness. It was developed in the 30s by Dr. B.J. Palmer, uh, and it brings patients a more natural approach to the relief of diagnosed conditions and health issues without traditional surgical or medicinal treatments. If you are experiencing pain, symptoms, or have received a diagnosis, refer, go to turnmypoweron.com, refer to our symptoms page for a list of some of the health problems that can be corrected through this upper cervical type uh, treatment. And man, there are all kinds of testimonials. You ought to go to turnmypoweron.com and see all the testimonials. Uh, Doc Washburn himself, in fact, he told me yesterday, he said, look, said, I think I'm going to be feeling decent uh, tomorrow, talking about today. And he said, I want to go uh, Wednesday up to uh, our local uh, turnmypoweron.com doctor, and that is the Ar Arkansas Upper Cervical Center right here in central Arkansas. And he said, I'm going there to get uh, some treatment. And he said, man, I, I just feel like I'll feel so much better. And uh, every time that he does that, he he feels so much better. So if you've got something going on, sinuses, migraine, uh, migraine headaches, many, many other things, I want to encourage you to go to TurnMyPowerOn.com. If you're not in Arkansas, go to TurnMyPowerOn.com. Go to find a doctor and uh, find a doctor near you. Uh, if you don't find one, just hit them up. Go to the contact and say, hey, I live in uh, Virginia. I live in Illinois. Uh, can you help me find uh, a doctor uh, that can do this upper cervical treatment? Uh, help me out. Go to TurnMyPowerOn.com. It is a, a great thing. Uh, I, in fact, uh, I've been talking to Doc about getting up there and getting some uh, relief as well. And so uh, got a little bit of pain in my hip and, and uh, knee. And so uh, I, I believe that they can uh, really uh, help you 
just like they can, they have been able to help Doc. Uh, we're going to close out today. We've only got just a few minutes, and uh, we're going to close out with, I think, probably one of the most powerful pieces I've read in a long time. I'm not going to read this, uh, but it is um, by Bruce Colbert over again, an American thinker, and it is Defeating American Marxism. And uh, I want you to know today, we are not fighting the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party is not a, the party of liberals. The De Democratic Party is the party of Marxists. And we, if, if you want to see how to defeat Marxism, is you look at no one else but Poland. Uh, Bruce Colbert wrote, said, Poland successfully nonviolently defeated Marxism and is a model for defeating Marxism in America today. Poland faced with the Marxist destruction of their heritage and society. They created a heritage and spiritual renewal movement, which led to solidarity and to the end of communist rule in Poland and subsequently in the nations of Central and Eastern Europe, between 1979 and 1991. If you want to see a nation uh, that uh, has its borders under control, if you want to see a nation where uh, they, are not, uh, they are not ruled by the, the uh, greedy and by the self-interest, uh, if you want to see a nation that uh, their schools are not indoctrination centers, Poland is your place, uh, and it is a great, great read over there at American Thinker. Uh, the, the takeaway from this wonderful article is very, very similar to what I was mentioning when we were talking about homeschooling, about someone else raising our children, and that is, uh, this is, as it always is, this is not a battle between ideologies. This is a battle between good versus evil. It is a battle between uh, the right that believes in God and the left. It is no accident that just a few years ago, the Democratic Party took God out of their platform. Uh, the Democratic Party is the party of godly, godless Hollywood. It is the party of mockering, mock, uh, mocking Christianity, um, deriding God. Uh, one of the greatest uh, misnomers about Karl Marx was that he was an atheist. Karl Marx was not an atheist. Karl Marx believed in God, uh, but he hated God. Marx wrote, I wish to avenge myself against the one who rules above. Uh, we make war against all prevailing ideas of religion. Karl Marx was not an atheist. Karl Marx was a God-hater. And so it is with Marxism. So it is with the left. And so how do we institute uh, and kill Marxism, destroy Marxism in America is we have a spiritual revival. How does that happen? You start training and raising your own children. You start electing men and women who uh, put America first, 
but even put God before America. You uh, elect uh, men and women who campaign and say, I am a Christian. I heard uh, last night uh, Conrad Reynolds say it. He said, I am a Christian. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm not ashamed to tell you that I'm a Christian because that is the way that we are going to defeat Marxism. Marxism is an insidious uh, spiritual evil that uh, seeks to encapture and destroy mankind. Make no mistake about it. And the only way for that to happen is for spiritual renewal first in us and then those that represent us. And so I, I want to encourage you today to go over to AmericanThinker.com, uh, uh, look up uh, Defeating American Marxism, read this piece by uh, Bruce Colbert. It is a phenomenal, phenomenal piece. Man, I have enjoyed my time with you today. It has been so good. If this is our last day that we uh, get to be together uh, for, unless Doc uh, steps out uh, in the future for something for a day or two, uh, but I look forward to it if he allows me to do this again. It's been my privilege and honor uh, if I'm uh, back one more day, I'll just look at it as a, a great blessing. But it's been, it's been great to be a part of this. It's been a great to have you here uh, today. And I'm just so thankful for it. And uh, we're going to get out of here. I'm going to play you a little music so I don't disappoint you. Uh, hope you have a wonderful Tuesday, February the 1st. Thank you again so much for joining us. God bless you and go in God.